Hello and welcome to Easy Aces from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Neil Williams, through perseverance and good fortune, has recovered the money Mr. Race lost in the crooked real estate deal engineered by Tom Marsh. Though Neil hasn't yet heard from Mr. Race or recovered his job at the newspaper. This episode is in alternate scenes between the Ace's apartment and the office of the managing editor of Neil's newspaper. First to the apartment early in the morning where we find Betty at the breakfast table. Listen. Laura, is there any more coffee? Yes, Miss Betty. But, Landa, goodness, ain't it about time you was getting started for work? Miss Marsh left a long time ago. Oh, I'm not going to work today, Laura. Well, knock me down. Didn't I tell you I'd lost my job? Oh, trip me up. It's this dear procession off. <gasps> goodness, I thought you knew that Mr. Peabody fired me after he found out I was a friend of Neil's. It's about all he could do. After Neil proved that Mr. Peabody and Mr. Marsh were working together on that crooked real estate deal. Gee, that's too bad that happened, ain't it? Too bad? Why, I think it's very lucky. Now Uncle Ace is going to get his money back. Yeah, but you ain't got a job no more. Oh, but Neil's going to get me one. He says he's sure he can find a job for me somewhere on his paper. That is, after they give him his job back. He ain't got it back yet, though, has he? No, but he certainly will as soon as he takes in that dictaphone record and proves he was right about Mr. Marsh being crooked and that... Oh, there's the door. I wonder who it could be at this time in the morning. It's probably the milkman. I'll get it. If you don't mind, Miss Betty, I'll answer. We got the nicest milkman now. Oh, you. What's the matter, Laura? Did I disappoint you? I thought she was the milk. What? <laughs> Hello, Betty. Is my dear? No, she just left. What in the world brought you around at this time in the morning? Oh, just on my way down the paper. I thought I'd pick Marge up. I'm going to see Evans this morning and let him hear that dictaphone record you made. Oh, fine. Have you got it with you, Neil? Right here in my overcoat pocket. Say, I got something else here I want you to hear. I got a letter from Ace. Oh, Neil, what do you say? Let me see. I'll just hold everything. I got it right there. Sit down. I'll read it. Oh, I'm so anxious to hear it. I'm going to get myself settled here. It's quite a letter. I got to get all set before I read it. Oh, come on, Neil. Let's hear it. What does he say? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dear Neil. I've just come to after reading the marvelous news your letter contained. And for fear of suffering or elapsed, I won't linger too long with my gratitude, my astonishment, or my delight. I can only say that if I'm dreaming, I'm going to kill the guy who wakes me up. <laughs> In fact, I'm afraid I will wake up and find that you didn't get all that money back from those swindlers, so I haven't told Jane a thing about it. Oh, he hasn't told Jane. Well, anyway, will you hear the rest of it? And not having told Jane, here's the plan I thought of. I'm going to surprise her. That is, if you can spare me a few more days of your time. I hate to impose after all you've done. Nothing. But here's the plot. I would like to buy back the home we had to give up, move back all the furniture, and reestablish it just as it was when we had to move out, and then I'll bring Jane home to the surprise of her life. What a surprise. Let's do it, Neil. Wait a minute, Betty. Here's more. I'll figure up some way to get Jane there on a pretext of some sort, and, of course, we'd want you and Marge and Betty and Cokie on hand to share in our happiness. 
Also, to help catch Jane when she's wounded. <laughs> Can't you just hear Jane saying you can knock me down with a feather? Well, won't you be happy? What else does he say, Neil? Nothing much, just a few lines. Let me see it. No, it's nothing. It's just uh, a... Let me see that. Uh, nothing. Where is it? Don't. Oh, yes. Neil, I think you know me well enough to realize how I feel toward you for all you've done to bring this about. It's friendship such as yours that reestablishes a man's faith in his fellow man. And I don't have to tell you that my faith had sunk uh-huh. pretty deep into the marsh of doubt, if you'll pardon the pun. Betty, you don't have to read that. I'm afraid I'm going to cry. Uh, How about it, Neil? Do you think we can buy the place back without any trouble? Sure, it's been standing empty ever since Jane and Ace moved out. The people that have been holding it will be glad to sell it back. And we'll have to get the furniture moved in and the house cleaned up. Oh, what a job we'll have on our hands. Hey, speaking of jobs, I better get down to the post and let Evans hear the dictaphone record and get my job back. Gee, I better get going. Goodbye, Betty. And uh, listen, maybe you better start Laura packing things. You'll probably be moving tomorrow. All right, Neil. I'll help you get things ready. Mr. Evans speaking. Williams, what's he want? All right, I'll give him a couple of minutes. Send him in. Morning, Mr. Evans. How are you going, Williams? Hmm? I haven't changed my mind. I'm not giving you your job back, and that's fine. Now, just wait a minute, Mr. Evans. I didn't come to ask for my job back. No? No, in fact, I came here to show you something that'll make you offer me my job back without asking. Hey, what is this, a gag? Look, Mr. Evans, you fired me because I persisted in working on this Tom Marsh case in spite of your order. Well, what about it? Well, I've got the final conclusive evidence on him now, his own voice admitting he's a crook. His own voice? Right. Shortly after you hired me, a guy named Peabody that works with Marsh called up and asked me to come over to his office. Yeah? When I got there, I found Marsh there, too. Now, just like I supposed, they'd been tipped off. I was trying to get the dope on them, and they wanted to buy me off. What for? Keep it out of the paper, of course. But you'd been fired. You weren't working for the paper. Yeah, but they didn't know that then. So I played along with them. You get it? Marsh admitted he'd been mixed up in that Railroad Avenue deal and came right out cold and said it was worth dough to him to keep it out of print. Uh, of but you'd been fired. You weren't working for the paper. Yeah, but they didn't know that then. So I played along with him. You get it? Marsh admitted he'd been mixed up in that Railroad Avenue deal and came right out cold and said it was worth dough to him to keep it out of print. Uh, so he forked over a check, which I'm turning over to my friend Ace. And he didn't find out until later that the dictaphone by Peabody's desk had been running all through our conversation. A dictaphone? Sure, one of those machines they use for dictating letters. Everything Marsh and Peabody had said was right there on the record. Their own voices. Absolutely incontrovertible evidence that they're both crooks. Mm, and you've got that record? I have. All right. There's a dictaphone out here in the outer office. Let's put it on and hear it. Just a minute, Mr. Evans. Just a minute. Before we play the record, how about my job? Huh? If I've got the conclusive dope on Marsh, do I start working for the Post again? Absolutely, Williams. If you can prove to me that Marsh is a crook, you'll not only get your job back, but you'll get a $10 raise. How's that strike you? Uh, a $15 raise is slightly better. Mm, okay, okay, 15 Well, now, where's that record? I got it right here in my overcoat pocket. Hmm. What's the matter? It's not here. Must in the overcoat pocket. Oh, it's gone. Now, look here, Williams, what is this? Have you been pulling a gag on I me? I had it, Mr. Evans, when I left home this morning. Oh, I've got it. I left it at Ace's apartment. Huh? I stopped in there this morning. I sat down for a few minutes, and it must have slipped out of my pocket. I don't know what you're trying to pull here, William. No, no, that's what must have happened. Wait a minute. Let me use your phone, will you? Must be there. Will you see who that is, Laura? I'm busy packing my things. Yes, ma'am, Miss Betty. Hello? Oh, hello, Mr. Williams. Uh, what? 
Well, just a minute, I'll see. Who is it, Laura? Mr. Williams, I'm going to look on the Davenport for him. Your what? He said he left something here he picked on the Davenport. Oh, yeah, this must be it, this book. Look, he didn't have a book when he came here this morning. I'll hold it up to the phone for him. Is this it, Mr. Williams? Yeah, Laura, let me have that phone. Hello, Neil. The what? The dictaphone record. Oh, Neil, I, I know you had it. Wait, I'll see. Just hold the line here. Well, what's the matter, William? I guess he's going to look for it. I'll have to hold the line a minute. I hope you have got this dictaphone record. Why, of course I got it. Would I come in here with a story like this? I've had reporters to... working for me long enough to know some of the gags they try to work to get a job back. Oh, no, now, what's this? Hello? Oh, I thought there was somebody on the phone. And furthermore. You realize that the fair actually is a record like that. It's the only evidence you've got against Marsh. Every other piece of information you've brought in here has been absolutely worth. Hello? It's the hello, sir. Hello, Mr. Wiggins. I just wanted to tell you we ain't found it yet. Oh, for heaven's sake, Laura. Come here and help me look. Yes, Mr. Just hold the line, Mr. Wiggins. It isn't under any of the cushions. Oh, it must be, though. It's slipped out of his pocket. Look around, Laura. Try to find it. I ain't looking. Wait a minute, Miss Betty. What's this thing here on the floor right by the end table? Oh, good heavens. That's it. It's broken. Huh? Someone must have stepped on it. Oh, Laura. Oh, Miss Betty, you ain't gonna go insane. Here, let me have the phone. Neil. got a job. Yeah, but what? This is my busy morning, Williams. Goodbye. But, Mr. Evans... Now, listen, Williams. I don't want to take any more time talking about this. You haven't got a shred of evidence against Marsh, and you... Oh, wait a minute. That's my phone. Hello. Evans, please. What? Oh, uh, well, I... Well, yes, I'd like to talk to you about it, if you can drop over. Yeah. Okay, three o'clock. Right. Uh, William, maybe you were right about Marsh after all. You mean you're going to believe my story? That was Tom Marsh on the phone. He said one of our reporters tricked him into saying something he wants to retract, and he wants to talk to me about it. He what? He's coming over here, and something tells me he's going to try to buy me off. You mean? But he's not going to do it, William, because when he comes to be here for a whistle, and so will a dictaphone. And uh, by the way, William... Did I say I was going to give you a $15 raise? Well, I'm going to take that back. Right. It's going to be 25 that And boy. you're going to handle the top part of that. Well, it appears that Neil has received a surprise as pleasant as the one Jane's going to get when she returns and finds her former home refurnished. But we'll learn more of that when next we meet the Easy Aces. 